Welcome to the Independent Oxford podcast sponsored by Story 94. I'm Rosie and along with my indie partner Anna, we run Independent Oxford, which is a community that supports and champions independent businesses in Oxfordshire. In this series, I'll be guiding you through some of Oxfordshire's best indie journeys and adventures and I hope you'll join me for the ride. Hi, it's Rosie from Independent Oxford. Uh, Welcome to this episode of the Indie Oxford podcast. Today I am joined by Grant Hayward from Collaborant. Hi, Grant. Hi, Rosie. Great to be here. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Lovely weather and delighted to be here. Excellent. Brilliant. Well, let's uh, jump in. Um, Tell us a bit about your background and how you came to set up Collaborant. Okay. Now, when people usually ask me that, (laughs) I say, oh, I won't give you the full story. We'll have a beer for some time and I'll tell you, but I've got no excuses now, I suppose. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is the time. (laughs) But it will be relatively short. I'll try and keep it quite brief. I mean, basically, I spent the first 30 years of my life, I've actually started to recently refer to it as my first career. So I spent that really in, well, I often refer refer to it as a corporate world, but it wasn't very corporate, uh, in the private sector. So trading products, and it wasn't very exciting either. It was timber products. But, you know, worked worked my way up through... Uh, from literally working in a timber yard through to being a manager, a director. We did a management buyout of a family business, and then our business was acquired. So I've understood business and enterprise. We've acquired businesses. We've been acquired. And actually, it was that industry that brought me to Oxford. So 12 years or so ago, I relocated with a company to head up sales for that company uh, nationally. But I was approaching 50 and I started to question my own purpose. And in fact, I went on a leadership development program as part of the relocation. And I just, my my life changed really. I had no idea of the sorts of social or environmental challenges we had, particularly in an area like Oxfordshire. You know, you wouldn't, for someone from outside, you wouldn't expect it. So I just decided I was gonna take a significant change of direction. My wife was really supportive. And I actually started to work in the voluntary sector, um, took a huge cut in salary and a very humble role, sort of connecting businesses and charities, doing a bit of employee volunteering. But it was really there that I started to see the opportunities businesses had to use their business to really make a difference. I mean, it's a difficult one, this, but it sort of starts off with the corporate social responsibility or CSR. And I have a, an issue with it. I often talk about that um, really to provoke conversation but it's it's only because it's misunderstood I think and undervalued so it was really that point and uh, so I just saw a bit of a business opportunity set up a business didn't really know what it was going to do um, did some part-time work uh, in the voluntary sector until it got established got my first contract and there's more I can talk about I'm sure we'll come on to later but that was a long answer to your question your first question <laughs> <laughs> no that's fine that's absolutely perfect that's what, what we're here for so that's great so now you focus on uh, social impact businesses so what was the real kind of impetus to change direction yeah so like I say initially it was just wanting to do something that had more purpose. Um, Through the voluntary sector, I started to connect businesses and charities. Actually, as part of that, I started to understand the charities, the opportunities charities have got to to offer value. You know, quite often they'll go to businesses with an ask, whereas I could see, I suppose from the sales background, that they had things to offer. And I do quite a bit of that still on a voluntary basis to help charities with that. So it started off in the voluntary sector. Actually, the first, soon after the first piece of work, I started to work with the LEP, and perhaps we'll talk about that in a bit, but the Local Enterprise Partnership. And through that, I was introduced to 
to both universities, Oxford Brookes University and the University of Oxford. And they wanted to push out into the wider community support for social enterprise, specifically social enterprise. And that really sort of, sort of got me towards that, well, okay, here's enterprise and it's doing some good. Uh, and since then, I mean, we've done a lot of work and we can perhaps talk a little bit more about that through OSEP. Um, which I'll talk about in a sec, but um, but really through that, I then after that, I came across the B Corp movement and um, really started to see that you know the, the 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 impact that social enterprises have is fantastic. I'm a great supporter and I always will be, but you know when you look at the number of mainstream businesses and the potential impact that mainstream businesses have, that's that really even lit my fire even more really. Um, so yeah, so that's probably I don't know if that answers your question in terms of the journey and getting involved in this sort of purposeful stuff. Mm. So tell, tell us a bit more about B Corp movement. Yeah, so it was actually, I, I met the founders, they came over here actually to, it was Marmalade a good few years ago, and they talked about their experience. They were looking to launch in the UK. They didn't straight away. But effectively, they, the founders were three fellows who went to, I don't know if it was Harvard or Stanford or somewhere like that. They set up a sports apparel business. It grew. It had all of this purposeful stuff embedded at the heart. And literally within a year, when they sold it, the heart was ripped out of it, you know, and they just felt that they needed to do something to change that. And over in the States, which is where they were, um, there is a legal entity called a B Corp. Um, and they, it's now global. So effectively, these are private businesses. I think that's really important to say. These, mm. these aren't not-for-profits. Not that I believe in the, using the phrase not-for-profit, because even social enterprises need to make a profit. It's what they do with it. It's the difference. But so private businesses, um, got shareholders often, can be a social enterprise, but often shareholders. Um, but the important thing is, is they place all stakeholders at the same level as shareholders on the same importance. And what they also do is they embed within their articles of association a commitment to the way they operate and they're transparent and they report against it and they're accountable. So, and they have to go through a process to score, to achieve a certain level, to become certificated and it's quite a rigorous process. Okay, um, and we are a B Corp county, are we? Uh, no, actually, so we are the first uh, be local. We're a social right, enterprise okay. county, actually, and that was some some stuff that I did with the university. So we actually work closely with Social Enterprise UK, and we we got social uh, sorry Oxfordshire recognised as being the first social enterprise county because of the hotspot of social enterprise. As far as B Corp's concerned, we're we'd like to think we're the first, but we're, I think B, the B Lab team would say we're one of the first. Um, <laughs> So we are a B local, so it's called Oxfordshire Plus because we take in some people from around the, the area. So that 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 what that is, that's a a place that is or an area of a network of B B corps, so people that have certified, but also people like me who are a B leader. And I didn't mention this before, but I trained with that B lab team to learn to help businesses to become B Corps and go through the process. So there are a number of us across Oxfordshire helping businesses on the journey. And the demand globally is is huge it's it's increasing significantly mm, great and other other kind of businesses in that movement or kind of other other organizations in Oxford that have, have inspired your journey have inspired you to kind of continue working in the sector I never stop being inspired yeah. by everyone really and, and certainly they are I don't think they necessarily got me on the journey really it was it was just sort of picking stuff up along the way but you know as I've come across them 
I am inspired by them. And I think what the great thing is about the B Corps is, you know, unlike a lot of businesses we've got locally here, you don't have, well, I've got to be careful what I say, you don't have to be a certified B Corp. And I think that's the great thing about the B Corp movement. When I first came across them, I actually was quite cynical because I thought to myself, oh, I've been here before, membership organisation, they're looking just for fees. They're not like that at all. They just say, we believe this is the way business should be done come on the journey with us oh and by the way here's and they offer free online assessment you can just register we'll perhaps give the details at the end you can register put information in and i always say to businesses as you know we'll talk about that perhaps as well we're supporting local businesses to become more purposeful i point them at the tool and if you're setting up a business or you're looking to develop a business that tool is a great way to give you insights in terms of how to establish and grow a really sustainable not just environmentally sustainable but financially sustainable business i mean other businesses you know the classic um jennings of garsington they've just been doing this stuff for a long time before anyone sort of talked about it um and in fact i came across them in my early journey so you know mike jennings paul mabbott chris williams and the rest of the team fantastic team just do this stuff naturally but they look to do it in lots of different ways um and Blenheim even, I mean, Blenheim, people won't look at them and think of them as a normal business, but they're doing some tremendous stuff that's right for the business, but also great in terms of um, the local community environment and all that other stuff, and their staff, their staff are fantastic. Mm, amazing. So, um, full disclosure, we both work together on we the do. Escalate programme. We do. <laughs> now, you know, I, I wouldn't have got on the show without them, without the <laughs> connection. So um, just for, for anybody that doesn't know about OSEP and um, Escalate, tell tell us how it kind of came to be and, and what the yeah, purpose so it, is it's behind a, it. And it's timely, I think, as well, having covered that sort of background. So I think I mentioned before I was doing some work with the LEP. Uh, they introduced me to people at the university, and at the time they wanted to connect with the wider community. And, you know, I often say this, but you get no prizes for guessing that I'm not an academic, not from the university, but I'm, I was... Connect, I'd like to think reasonably well connected in the wider community, particularly in that space. So we teamed up a good number of years ago. Initially, they set up what was an informal network called Oxfordshire Social Entrepreneurship Partnership. <laughs> Too many words. <laughs> um, and it was what's great about it is that I think, you know, people have different views about the university. Often people criticise it. I think they do some tremendous stuff. You know, they're not perfect. None of us is. Uh, but that sometimes they might get accused of doing things to people or you know but they the people that I was dealing with anyway and still do are just brilliant and it was always their intention to be for this to be of the community for the community so having spent quite a number of years getting it established getting the place recognition uh, we work closely with social enterprise uk we've connected with lots of other people doing similar work across the country learning and sharing which has been brilliant um but but after a while uh, it was set up as a community interest company. So 2019, I helped them establish that. And on the board are some fantastic social entrepreneurs, including um, the universities as well. So OSEP now is a formal community interest company. It was established purely to support social enterprises, enterprising charities and purposeful businesses. And soon after it was incorporated, it bid for this contract with the LEP and won. So it, we're now two thirds of the way through, aren't we? Um, 
delivering this support program, which is brilliant. So it's a fully funded support program. It's had some significant grants. The pot's just dried up. So, um, but other all sorts of other forms of support. And you know, the intention obviously is that when this program ends at the end of next year, uh, end of March next year. Um, OSEP, well, I'm supporting the board to be able to come up with a strategy, well, we're working on a strategy to continue doing that one way or another to mm. provide services to support that cohort. Yeah, amazing. And there's some, you know, it's, it's been incredible working on it. I've just re really enjoyed it and it's just been really inspiring. Um, and, you know, the, the support is fantastic, the, you know, the one-to-ones with, with you um, and the workshops and the peer-to-peer -peer programs, like the, the range and breadth of, of kind of support and, and stuff that's there for, for businesses and organizations is just, it's just brilliant. I think the other thing about it, Rosie, is that, and you, you, you're, this is your, you know, one of your many areas of expertise, but, you know, you've contributed a lot to that as well, but it's built the community, you know, it's built a community, a community that existed, but, you know, people, you know, and a lots, lots of indies, you know, lots of indies involved who, I think I heard you say this on your interview with Ashley, uh, Ashley Cavers, that, you know, a lot of businesses operate this way, but don't really think of themselves as purposeful. I've had those conversations with people and, and really what we can do is help them understand that, the value of it and how to do that more. So, you know, the community that's been built through this Escalate program has been significant. And I think the timing is incredible, really. I'm not a deeply religious person, but I'm a great believer that some strange things happen in the universe. And, you know, with what we've been through over the last year or so, we're for this program to be there to support organizations through that but also to sort of get into a new chapter to recognize you know so many businesses i'm talking to mainstream businesses as well coming to me saying there's more to business than this it's not about just making money we're here for other reasons what can we do and how can we do it and and as much as the sort of charitable stuff is really important or the environmental stuff I love to get my teeth into that other thing, you know, the way you can use supply chain and marketplace, you know, the, the way the workforce can be really empowered and engaged, particularly now really to, to take part, a more, more deep, deep part in the running of the businesses. So yeah, sorry, you're absolutely right. It's been a tremendous program and we need yeah. to make sure that we're finding ways to continue that support afterwards. So, so those are really good examples of how you could be a purposeful business. But it's quite nuanced, isn't it? The, that as an as an area. So, if if somebody's coming to this as an idea for the first time, how would you try and kind of grapple it into something that was, um, you know, conceivable as a as a? It's a good question. It really is because, like I said to you, some pe some people, some businesses are doing certain things, and they think, "Look at us. This is you know." Others, it might just be a nod in terms of corporate social responsibility. They might be offsetting some rubbish that they're doing or the way they're benefiting and they want to get some good PR. I, that could be controversial. I always say, well, to me, it doesn't matter what reason people come because when they do this and they recognize the value, then they'll look to do more of it. But to answer your question, I mean, I, I often point, it's not, B Corp isn't the only player in town. There's more and more coming through. Blueprint for Better Business, for instance, is one that you could look at. But they, they all have a number of pillars and the corporate social responsibility beforehand. So, you know, the way I look at it, uh, looking at the B Corp movement, it's to say, okay, let's look at your workforce. How are you handling them? How are you recruiting them? You know, what, what about inclusivity? What about the way in which the, the say that they have? Well-being, so many things around the workforce. So if you look at workforce as one pillar, community, clearly a lot of businesses, and that's not new, but, you know, think about, and I think that, that one of the things I really like about that is to be more creative, to really look at almost perhaps sometimes commercial relationships you can develop that are, that are mutually beneficial and perhaps using the supply chain as well within that. 
Speaking of supply chain, as we've said already, using the um, using the marketplace. I mean, I've just I'm still supporting the university. Actually, the university's procurement team. They don't mind me talking about it. They're very proud to be looking at the ways in which they can use their spending power to have more social impact locally. So, you know, for those businesses that aren't necessarily thinking about this, and you might not be doing business directly with the university or even the public sector, who are asking more questions, some of your customers will be asking questions as we move forward in terms of what impact you're having. So back to the pillars, it's the workforce, it's the community, it's the marketplace, it's uh, the environment, obviously, you know, but again, some more creative ways there, not just a bit of recycling, you know, that whole thing about um, the circular economy that's coming through now. And then finally, governance, you know, the way you're governed, we're seeing a lot more of owner managed businesses um, happening. I mean, there's a law firm locally just announced it very proudly. They're now an employee so, so they're the sort of five pillars that I tend to look at. And as you quite rightly say, not everyone can do all of those things, but we can all do some of them, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Long answers to your questions, aren't No, they? that's that's great. <laughs> it's fine. It's perfect. Um, so in, in terms of Oxfordshire as a county, obviously, you know, you moved here, you know, 12 years ago. Do you, do you think it's got something kind of special about it as a business community that is is kind of leading on a lot of this kind of purposeful business and social enterprise elements? It's interesting, actually, because, I, I, well, one thing I'll say before I answer your question, one of the things I'm passionate about in terms of what I do, I mean, I, I to be honest, I only spend two and a bit days a week working really now. Um, I help businesses where I can. I'm working on the... Um, Escalate program and I support um, OSEP. But the broader stuff I get involved with is very much working with, say, the local authorities or the LEP to really make sure we're putting in place some economic development strategies that, I mean, we are one of, if not the most successful economies, economic regions in the country. If we can't, or sorry, if anyone can really make and create an economy that works for everybody, it's us. You know, it, this is a very strong... And I, I have to say, I get a bit frustrated. I mean, I'm a great supporter of the LEP. I do think they do fantastic stuff. But often you hear us bragging, pretty much. And through that Places programme, I'm in touch with people in all parts of the country that are having really tough times still. You know, I know there are people locally that are having tough times. But, you know, I think sometimes there's... And certainly from outside, I sort of sense some arrogance locally and some complacency. But importantly, if we... Uh, if we really do harness that and use it to flip it, and I'm not talking about philanthropy here, I'm not talking about making donations, I'm talking about genuinely addressing some social and environmental need through the power of business, I think that's tremendous. So going back to your point and your question, I think, yes, there is something special. We're very fortunate, you know, we've got some very important key stakeholders locally. You know, there is a lot of money here, um, but I think we ought to be using that in a way, and as, as I say, that's that's just sensible really and I think there is this awakening it's been happening for some time but it's accelerating now so yes yeah I think we're in a very privileged place and I think we've all got a responsibility to make sure we do the best with that really and I think for the time I've got left in business that's my aim is to really make sure I help businesses to be able to be better by doing this stuff but uh, collectively making sure that we tie that together through appropriate strategies that can really make a difference I mean mm. really make a difference. Yeah. Do you see kind of businesses supporting each other and that there's there's a lot of collaboration in in this journey? It's interesting, actually, because when I first went into the voluntary sector around 2009, 
Um, it was when the, the first big cuts started to happen. And since that time, actually, a lot of people, you might think of the voluntary sector as a very warm and collaborative place. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some fantastic people doing some tremendous work and struggling. But I, I see just as much, if not more, collaboration in the private sector than they do in the voluntary sector. And I think that in part, in fairness to the people in the voluntary sector, that's because the funding has been cut and they're fighting and they're competing probably more sometimes than, than business. So yes, definitely a lot more collaboration. I think like-minded businesses are coming together and trusting. We certainly see that through in, in the Oxford. It's just, it's just full of people that want to help each other. Um, and particularly in the B Corp movement, you know, you see some, something like the food industry, food sector, organisations that would normally in the outside world compete there's some really powerful stuff where those people come together and, and, and really and, and create a better market for themselves and everybody what's what's your kind of underlying you know when you when you retire never going to do that okay well your vision yeah yeah what would you like to see um when you kind of step away from it's interesting really because i just think one of, i'm not I'm, i wouldn't begin to, to claim that I was sort of one of the first to be doing this. It's been going on for donkey's years. If you look back at what Cadbury's have been, do, you know, Cadbury's were doing in Bourneville and Lord Leverhulme up in the northwest, where I spent a lot of time. You know, there was a lot of the Quaker movement. You know, business was tied very closely to the community. And I think what happened post-war was that we saw this capitalist shift. So it's not it's not new anyway. But certainly. You know, I think I was there at the beginning of this resurgence sort of over the last sort of 10 or 15 years or so. Uh, but what's fantastic now is just everyone's talking about it. You know, I think everyone's talking about it. And I think it's, and it's going to be interesting. I think one of the interesting things is, you know, at the moment it's being used as a differentiator. You know, people can really differentiate themselves and stand out. You know, we're going to get to a position where if you just don't do this stuff, you're not you're not going to be surviving because people won't want to buy from you. So I don't know. It's not a very straightforward answer to your question, but I just want to carry on helping to raise awareness across businesses of how fantastic this is. Importantly, as I've said to you, really work with um, organisations, public sector organisations, to be able to come up with the strategies that are going to make this stuff really happen and make a difference locally. Um, and then I suppose, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't just want to be one of so many people talking about this stuff. And I think as more and more people talk about it, I can talk about it less and just go and do some fishing somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Pass the baton on. <laughs> well, I think that it's not my baton. And I just, I'm just one of many, many players who are doing some fantastic stuff. So I just... Um, I just got a bit of a loud voice, I suppose. <laughs> Others will speak. But we need those. We need those loud voices. That's that's the thing. I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is there, is there something that you kind of wished that wish you'd known before you before you went into this process of you know being freelance and work for yourself? I think one of the things, and I, I suppose this, this probably relates to me as a youngster as well. Really, I think that the one I, don't, I, I think I've said you, you know I joke about this really, but the one-to-one -one support that I provide, I always sort of start most sessions by saying I don't give any advice. By the way, I'm not in a position to give advice. All I do is share you my experience. I'll ask you some questions and get people thinking in a different way. So I don't give advice, but I think the one thing. Well, I can give myself advice, can't I? So the one bit of advice I would give myself as a youngster, and probably now looking back, is it's ridiculously simple, but it will be okay. You know, for those people that worry, for those people that are concerned about the challenges, yes, there'll be difficulties, but if you could just reassure yourself that things will work out okay, then that's a big bit of advice. I think apart from that, I think, um, I think it's probably not so much as I wish I'd have known, but one thing I value so much is just the way 
and, and I think this is something very special in Oxfordshire, it happens elsewhere, but particularly here, is that people want to help, you know? I mean, ask, that's the other thing I do, is ask for help. Um, I'm not good at asking, but I, I love helping other people, you know? And I just think there's so much support and advice out there. And I think that's the thing that comes out of those one-to-ones, the amount of people we can connect businesses to that can help them in other ways with, with areas of uh, specialities. Yeah, so ask for help. Yeah. Mm, that's that's such a good bit of advice, and just that kind of collective support bubble as well. Yeah. I think it's just yeah, yeah amazing yeah. around here. Yeah, I think on the flip side of that, one thing I would also say, and I know it's a basic of networking, but and I say this a lot to the voluntary sector. It goes back to something I said earlier. But you know, whilst I'm saying ask, I also think you should start with knowing what you can do to help other people. I think if you get and that's what I did. If you get out there and start helping other people, and you look at ways that you can, and that's, if that's your premise, then people will come and help you, and it will mm. be a natural thing. Yeah, it's a two-way street. It doesn't really matter what stage you are on the journey. We've all got unique experiences that we can share. Yeah, yeah. And you do get that through the indie um, community as well. I just think it's a fantastic, growing community of like-minded, purposeful businesses. Mm, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think more and more indies are kind of thinking about, oh, actually, I am purposeful because I do this and I think about how the businesses run and, yeah, all all of those elements that... um, to, you know, when you're kind of thinking about purposeful business, you know. That I, I remember having a one-to-one with an indie early on. I won't mention the name just in case, but they, I think they've, they've got, got a problem with it. But having just a conversation about this stuff, they just were amazed that there were other people like this, you know, and that really made a difference to them as well, realise that they're actually part of a community. There's something they believe in, you know, they believe in doing business in a certain way and to realise that there's a community of other businesses out there, it was really quite enlightening for them, really. Mm, yeah. So um, so thinking about the businesses that you're working with at the moment, are there any, like, inspiring businesses that oh, spring to mind? I know there's, I know Rose, there's hundreds. You can't do but... that to me, Rosie. <laughs> It's really difficult. <laughs> Off the top it? of your head, well, okay. who's, who, who's kind of on your radar at the moment? It's really difficult. I just, I, I think they're a sort of, I mean, they, they get they get a lot of well deserved credit, but organisations like Tap Social do for some fantastic stuff, and you know, and I think the stuff under the radar as well that they're doing um, with with people to support, and and in turn, they're actually helping businesses, helping people set up businesses, which is yeah. tremendous. But yeah, so Tap Social. I think Waste to Taste are brilliant, you know, uh, Marie and Sandra, and they, they just work so hard and putting other people first as well, you know. Um, in terms of food, you know, Cultivate and the eatery, uh, the Edge Eatery, who are, uh, as an Ensham fella, I'll mm. give them a shout out, they're in Whitney now, aren't they? But, and actually as an Ensham fella, Jesse's Art Shed as well, mm. do some fantastic stuff. My wife's going for a little class there soon. Orange Bakery are just brilliant. I mean, I just and the story behind that is is tremendous. I could go on so much, but Oxwash, Peg, I think they're yeah. fantastic. Yellow Sub, Wonky, Project PT. I just it's not fair, Julie and these <laughs> and someone I might have mentioned earlier, but Indigo do, do some fantastic stuff. And I'm actually got a meeting with Deborah at Wellbeing Story this afternoon as well. So I just there's too many to mention. I'm, I'm sorry for those that I haven't <laughs> mentioned, but yeah, you've got some fantastic and uh, yeah. So uh, you know the. Latra V as well, Rachel. She's, yeah. yeah. Well, what my daughter keeps buying Spanish wine from her. So, no, you fantastic businesses. Really mm. brilliant. Yeah, um, it feels like an exciting time to be starting a business, being in the business community, and also it's just there seems to be a lot of an innovation and things happening. Definitely, and you know, it's, this isn't work. I'm just sitting here chatting <laughs> to a mate. I don't know what this is all about. I'm going to do the same with Deborah this afternoon. I'll sit and have a meeting with her, and just and what will be good, we'll be able to do that face to face more soon. 
Amazing. So um, if businesses want to get in touch with you or kind of benefit from any of the programs that you work on, what's the best way of, of getting in touch? So getting in touch with me directly, I do have a website, but to be honest, it's well out of date like a lot of people's. I'd just say connect with me on LinkedIn. So Grant Hayward, H-A-Y-W-A-R-D. Um, I think probably in terms of the work that we're doing together, your fantastic work demonstrating all of this stuff on the OSEP website. So have a look at the OSEP website, which is osep.org.uk. Um, and there's information there about the program, as you know, because you put it there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and there's, there's some fantastic examples of, of some of the companies that we talked about and some examples of what they're doing and how we've supported. So that's what I, that's the first place I'd point people. And the B Corp movement, we talked about that, didn't we? So, so look up B, letter B, Impact Assessment. It's a free tool. You can go on there and you can find out all sorts of ways that you, your organisation can, can really embed stuff in it that's going to strengthen it and also do a huge amount to society and the world amazing brilliant well thank you so much for talking to me today thank you for i've been delighted it's i'm just delighted to to see you actually that's good as well <laughs> in person yeah but also to, to talk about this subject because you know you once you start me you can't stop <laughs> that's perfect brilliant thanks Grant. thank you rosie you've been listening to the infinite oxford podcast sponsored by story 94 you can find out more about our community at independentoxford.com If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review and subscribe to help more people hear indie stories from across Oxfordshire. Bye for now.